0: welcome to daily drive for october 17 2022 i'm jamie butters executive editor of automotive news and i'm kellen walker today on the
1: show u.s inventories are at the highest point in more than a year vinfast recalls a third of its sold evs and it turns out dealers don't hate all of the ftc's proposed rules plus conversation from this year's Digital Dealer Conference in Las Vegas about the benefits dealers are seeing from new retail technology and digital strategies.
2: On an average, we probably receive about 100, 125 now leads that I can say are
0: from social media. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Production increases have helped inventory levels recover to more than 1.3 million vehicles in September. That's a significant jump over where they were a year earlier, and it's the highest number since June 2021. But it's still historically low, according to Cox Automotive and the Automotive News Research and Data Center. Cox said the figure represents a 42-day supply. It was nearly half a million vehicles higher than where inventory stood at the same point last year, and about 90,000 higher than where it was just a month earlier. But inventory remained more than 2 million vehicles down from the same month in 2019 before the pandemic. Vietnam's VinFast will recall 730 of its
1: model VFE34 electric cars to make checks and replace their side crash sensors. That's about a third of the EVs it has sold so far. VinFast began operations in 2019 It's a unit of Vietnam's biggest conglomerate, Vingroup, and has sold a total of 2,200 EVs since its launch late last year. The automaker says the side crash sensor of the airbag system is likely to encounter an incompatibility error with the airbag controller and could send an incorrect signal to the controller. The company said it has not recorded any breakdowns or complaints from customers about the sensor errors. VinFast is gearing up to expand to the U.S. market, where it hopes to deliver its first batch of 5,000 full electric crossovers in November.
0: While dealership trade groups oppose the Federal Trade Commission's proposal for new auto sale regulations, not all of the provisions are unpopular among retailers. Cox Automotive says a majority of dealers it polled, like key transparency provisions in the proposal... Concepts such as online cost disclosures, a guaranteed universal price, clear consent for finance and insurance products, and true advertising got support from most retailers. But a majority of those dealers opposed the FTC's plans for record-keeping and banning valueless F&I products. Perhaps most surprising, despite significant attention and coverage over the nearly three months since the new rules were proposed, 40% of dealers surveyed by Cox said they hadn't heard of the FTC's proposal. Franchise
1: dealers who have invested in a new venture capital fund want to support early-stage technology startups that can help them increase capacity and efficiency in their service departments. Dealer investors chose fixed operations to be their first priority for Dealer Fund, which is part of Automotive Ventures. Dealer Fund provides venture capital and consulting resources to automotive entrepreneurs. Some dealers who invested in Dealer Fund told Automotive News they believe the industry has underinvested in technology to support service operations compared with sales. The need to improve productivity and efficiency in the service drive is particularly important today as dealerships struggle to recruit and retain technicians. Make sure to stick around for more about what some dealership leaders say they're looking for when
0: it comes to new retail technology. And American Honda has tapped longtime associate Lance Wolfer to head up the Honda brand sales unit. He takes the role as Honda rolls out a string of crossovers and begins laying the groundwork for electric vehicles. Honda is also battling to build back lost momentum after suffering one of the industry's tightest inventory supplies. Wolfer fills the spot left by Mike Kistemacher following his departure for Ken Garf Automotive. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, these rising inventory levels, are they a huge surprise? A, a little bit of a surprise. You know, we've seen uh, sales were up about 10% in September, and they've generally been getting uh, better. But production has really been getting better and better all throughout the year. Not up to full speed yet, but getting a lot closer. And that's that's a real good sign for the health of the industry. That's some positive news to hear. Uh, coming up, our own Lindsay Van Holy was in Las Vegas
1: at last week's Digital Dealer Conference talking with retailers about what they're looking for in new retail technology. We'll hear her conversation with Henson Brand Dealership's managing partner, Eric Barbosa, next on Daily Drive. Slate Money is a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the world of business and finance. Hosted by Felix Salmon, Elizabeth Spires, and me, Emily Peck. Confused by crypto? Can't keep up with the metaverse? Wondering why the price of just about everything keeps rising? The Slate Money podcast is here for you. Listen to Slate Money every Saturday morning, wherever
0: you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. The pandemic prompted many dealers to accelerate their use of technology inside the showroom, including to communicate and make transactions virtually with customers. Some dealership leaders have embraced social media and video to interact with customers. One of those leaders is Eric Barbosa, managing partner of Henson Brand Dealerships in Texas. Barbosa spoke with Automotive News retail technology reporter Lindsey Van Holy from the floor of the Digital Dealer Conference in Las Vegas last week. Here's their conversation.
3: Well, tell me, I guess, what you're looking for at the show, kind of what your thoughts are so far.
0: Uh,
2: uh, The show's amazing. I think my second time here came last year. It was great, too. This particular time, the marketing team and I came looking for for our store, just a a tool that we can uh, track where our actual dollars are going and return investment on OTT and not just the typical stuff like I I want to get granular on, on how we're pulling the data and Uh, just a platform that tracks it a little bit better than what I've seen.
3: Talk about, you know, that interest for you. You know, what do you find that experience is like now? And what are you hoping to be able to do better? You know, what what kind of challenge do you want to solve with that kind of technology?
2: The difference between paid advertisement and organic. And uh, if we're going to go third-party lead generators, which is okay, there's a lot of great ones out there. But for us, we're a real big social media dealer and, and we get a lot of return from that. And I want to be able to track that opposed to spending the dollars with maybe a company that it's not working or they can't tell me that they're getting car sales from it. So that's the biggest point for us.
3: You mentioned you're a big social media dealer. Talk a little bit about how you use social media in your marketing and what kind of response you get from it.
2: Uh, Huge response. I mean, I think we're up to 400,000 engagements per week. And to give you perspective, the bigger groups like CarMax and Carvana are, I think, the only two that are ahead of us on a weekly engagement. And we're in a town of 4,000 people, and that's organic engagement, no paid. So, um, yeah, it's a big deal for us, and we use it to engage with our customers, which we get a big return on.
3: Which platforms do you find that you use most?
2: We are strong on Facebook, but we are starting to use TikTok and uh, Instagram, YouTube. But Facebook's our primary right now.
3: And so you mentioned organic. So a lot of different posts about vehicles. Do you do different events and things like that?
2: We do uh, PR. We do gamification. We do giveaways. We do uh, car sales. We have a multi-channel mix of things that we do yeah
3: and you said the response is huge do you Big. are you able to find there's a lot of engagement are you able to find that that turns into leads and, and sales
2: absolutely we we drive it all back to either phone calls or leads and we have that tracked and on an average we probably receive about 100 125 now leads that that i can say are, are from social media that does not include the other third party leads mm-hmm.
3: Well, that's really interesting. How has the inventory shortage changed that situation? Do you find that you're, you're able to, to still attract as much traffic as you have before? Or does it change just not having the inventory available?
2: It, it hurts us because we're able to attract the traffic, but we don't have the inventory. So then it's finding the inventory or getting them to do an order or maybe do a locate on a used car if they're looking for some specific. So uh, to create the, the market has been good for us, but the, the hard part is, you know, getting the the consumer what they might want at the moment.
3: So. Have you had to shift, you know, your your social approach or your marketing approach, you know, because of that? Do you find that you're pitching more, maybe less specific inventory and more, you know, why buy from us? Or is it more, hey, we'll show you how to order online and things like that? Our
2: message has now completely changed. It's value built, so experience and value is what we're selling. Uh, it's and then after that. We we go into finding the specific, getting them to order, or or just trying to find what, exactly what they're looking for. But yeah, after 2020, we've completely shifted. Yeah.
3: What's inventory like for you guys right now? Uh,
2: new cars is still kind of slow. Um, uh, what we get allocated is is you know rare. Uh, most of it is orders that are already sold, and then used cars is kind of tough out there in the market right not getting them. But uh, again, there's a demand there, so we have to go and figure out ways. So. We're really after the acquisition from the standpoint of the consumer, the service drive, and stuff like that.
3: How do you incorporate technology into that that purchase process for consumers when they interact with you? Are they able to do as much online as they want to? Can they do pretty much every part of that transaction?
2: They can. As far as the financing, uh, we do DocuSign, we do e contracting. Uh, most in our area, since we're in a town of four thousand people, we do deliver a lot. So most of the transactions done on the phone or right, digital, and then we ship it.
3: Is that a, a new thing that you've done since really the pandemic? Have you been doing that a little bit, or has that become more of a focus for you, just given you know the, the last couple of years and how, how much the market has changed?
2: The, the interesting is is that uh, the previous owner, Mr. Fred Henson, he has been doing that for 28 years there. Now, before it was paper ads now, but that's always been his thing, is delivering. So we just made it digital uh, the last three years, but it was pre-pandemic. That was part of our strategy. Yeah.
3: So when you say you made it digital, how does it work? What's that experience like?
2: The digital experience is is first the marketing, and after the marketing, we nationwide delivery, uh, warranty for life. And uh, as soon as we get them on the platform, we have, you know, Autofy, just there's different uh, uh, bots we use on our site to get them to do their financing. And then we call them and we really pitch the fact that they don't have to make it to the dealership, that we would rather deliver it to them if you want. Video, walk arounds, FaceTime. I mean, we use all the tools we can.
3: How many people take advantage of that fully remote? I mean, do you have, is it a big percentage still or do you have most people that still want to come in or, or have some interaction?
2: I think at our stores, is over 50%. That,
3: that do a remote delivery? Mm, yes,
2: at our stores, is probably 50%. Uh, and again, just because where we're at and how we're marketing. Yeah. Where,
3: where are you delivering most? Is it driveways? Is it offices?
2: Driveways, some offices, If it's, uh, but mostly it's homes and a lot of uh, out of state. We're delivering a lot out of state too.
3: Some of that, I would imagine, is a function just of the inventory situation, right? That if you have the vehicle that they're looking for, maybe they'd go a little farther.
2: Yes. And then it's also our social media reach. So we put the message all over the, you know, it's not just our our PMA. We're going everywhere. So which puts a lot of eyes on us. And then the value because the warranty for life works out of state. And so does delivery. So that's at no cost to the consumer.
3: How have you had to kind of shift your process to make all of that work? You know, as far as as buy in from employees and training and... And really getting everyone to kind of move in that same general direction. Again,
2: luckily, Fred Henson previously did it. So it was just transitioning opposed to just paper ads and phones. Now it's digital, you know, social media. And most of our staff is accustomed to it. So, uh, And then most of them have only started there. So they don't have yeah. any other habits from any other dealerships. Not that they have bad habits, but, you know, some of them are still stuck with the regular meet and greet, that type of process. You can do it all digitally
3: to that end are, you, are there certain skills or different skills that you look for in in your sales team that you know maybe that might be different than maybe they might see in a different dealership
2: it's again back to our little world there uh, we just want them to be proactive and, and use those tools like it's a requirement to post on social for us it's a requirement to send videos uh, so we train them that way And. And it's just that's i don't think they know any different
3: so you mentioned videos talk about that kind of how you use that is it is it very much kind of a customer engagement piece when when do, when do, do those first videos get sent and what's kind of that expectation
2: if they ask for a specific car on a lead we send a video uh if the lead comes in we send a video kind of introducing the dealership as a response opposed to your normal email black you know email response or your text and we've we've got good responses from that but yeah it's it's engagement it's Getting them to see us, you know, in person, kind of in person. We've had good results with it.
3: Do they go out mostly through through email, or do you find that text messaging works? How, how do those messages get to those video messages get to consumers?
2: Through our CRM, but it is through text messaging. Yeah. If we have like, there is a, we do embed some videos and email, but the best response is still from text messaging. Yeah. Why
3: do you think that is?
2: I mean, I, for me, I'm, I think I'm later part of a millennial, and I, if you're going to get a hold of me, you have to text me just because I'm busy. Don't have the time to be on the phone. And I think most people would rather text. It's quicker. It's, you know, less anxiety, I guess. And it's just a easier way to 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 communicate. I think.
3: So it sounds like you would get you get better engagement from a consumer when, when it shows up on their text message box than if it were an email that maybe they Absolutely. wouldn't get to or see.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I currently I think I have five thousand emails oh, yeah. I haven't responded to in my personal email. So and that's me, you know. Think about it. Everybody's on this phone all day. It's the easiest way to get to it.
3: I guess just the, you know the last thing for you, what's sort of your your general takeaway of the show, and kind of how you're uh, how you're feeling about it, and what you're seeing here.
2: I think these are a must for the industry uh, to collaborate with other you know vendors, dealers, and then perspectives on what's working. And then these sessions, it's really why we come here. Uh, they're very good sessions. They're well prepared, and we usually leave here with a lot of information. So, yeah,
0: I highly recommend checking it out.
3: Eric, thank you so much for joining Daily Dry. Okay,
0: awesome. Eric Barbosa is managing partner of Henson Brand Dealerships in Texas. He spoke with our own Lindsey Holy from the floor of the Digital Dealer Conference in Las Vegas. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to
1: Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on retail technology, vehicle inventory, and everything happening in the auto industry at
0: autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation with Here Technologies Director of Product Management, Philip Hubertus, about the challenges automakers face while implementing intelligent speed assistance, a mandatory technology in the EU. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode.